Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and I'm also the director of New York City's Hayden Planetarium at the American Museum of Natural History. I'm here in New York City, joined by my fab co-host, comedian Lynn Complitz. Lynn, welcome back. Hello. I love our new intro. Isn't it that is great? It is so cool. I'm, all parts of my body are still shaking from it. <laughs> Uh, this, this week's show topic is on the science of fashion, and as well Exciting. as the appearance of fashion in science fiction. And I have no expertise at all on this, except I have strong opinions about all the outfits I've seen in movies. But we, we're, in a few minutes, we're going to get to an interview I conducted in my office with fashion stylist James Aguilar. We have I, a professional. We have a professional, <laughs> that's right. But first, we have to just sort of do a, a, an update on the week's news. Cosmic news. Well, I know. We have news that has to do with our show last week. Yeah, last week we talked about new life that that was discovered in a lake in California. It's not new life. It's old life. But that lake has very We are so cutting edge now. That lake has some of the highest levels of arsenic of any body of water in the world. So if you find life thriving in it, you want to understand why isn't the arsenic killing them because it would kill us like post-haste. And one of the reasons it would kill us is because our body is not good enough to distinguish phosphorus from arsenic. They both... Do you remember your chemistry in, in high school? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course I do. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know if Connecticut was a state or not. I, I hardly remember chemistry. All right, so... No, I do know that. It's, so in it, uh, arsenic sits right below phosphorus on the periodic table of elements, which means right. they bond the same way with the same elements. And so when you ingest arsenic, your body doesn't know the difference, and you could end up uh, dying from it because your body doesn't protect you from that distinction. There are microbes, however, that do know the difference and can swap it out and still thrive on it. And so this, we, we reported on this discovery. That's what a, we, found, we found out last week. Last week, there was a NASA announcement that there are microbes in Mono Lake in California that thrive on arsenic in places where the phosphorus would go. Since then, there's been some pushback in the scientific community, which they're always uh, – scientists you know, are – everybody's got to rain on somebody else's parade. <laughs> Even if it's acid rain, they got to do some sort of mean little rain on the parade, well, stepping on their rainbow. The, you just got to make sure your nose is clean when you're doing science. And so what they, they question whether 
oh, oh, apparently they were coaxing the bacteria not to replace their phosphorus, one of the basic ingredients of life as we know it. Uh, they, the claim was that they were like swapping arsenic with the phosphorus. Turns out that might not be so, that what they were actually doing was just discovering that the life is doing just fine in high arsenic environments. It's not killing them. They're not actually swapping it out. So, so the full answer remains they to be like determined. They weren't like regenerating or something? Is that what you were saying? No, no, no it's just that... Because you lost me at art oh, swapping. Sorry. I'm dead. I didn't even know what that meant anymore. I was like, all of a sudden, I'm back in, in high school... I'm just saying that, it, as is common in any frontier of science, mm-hmm. you come out with an amazing discovery. There'll be other colleagues of yours that are going to double check it. Someone and wants to step on your rainbow. Skepticism runs rampant throughout the scientific community because that's the only way we can be sure that people did the right thing. But are there ever final answers in science now? Like it, it seems like people can always question everything. No, something when all the data agree and everything's working, you're done. You're 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 done. You go on to the next problem. So, yes, there can be final answers. Like, Earth does go around the sun, in case you were wondering. Yeah, uh, I know that. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just saying. But you can keep asking new questions, and you can... Yes, yes. And so, by the way, so sci- the frontier of science is not only always in flux, but so, too, of course, is fashion. In fact, fashion... <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> that was that good? I practiced that. Neil Boyer so... saying, move on, man. <laughs> So, yes, fashion changes, much to the chagrin of many people who either can't afford to keep buying new clothes, or, 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 but the fashion industry loves it. And I don't fully understand it, but I, you know, we, we have a good interview with, with James Aguiar. He's Aguiar, I think I pronounced it right. Mm-hmm. He's a fashion stylist to the stars. He appears on the TV show Full Frontal I Fashion. Love that show. Full Frontal Fashion. That's the guy. I know, he's good. And so we've got several clips with him. And first, I tried, I talked to him just to get an understanding of sort of where in the universe his mind operates in, just to find out, is there any connection between what he does and what we do? Let's go check him out. I got to be honest with you. I can't think of a more remote topic from astrophysics than fashion. When I got your call, I thought the same thing. I thought, (laughs) what is he thinking, science and fashion? Well, because I've seen science fiction movies, and somebody had to design those outfits on other planets. And somebody, one of your cultural brethren, is thinking this through, wondering what the future of fashion would bring. Right. And I always say the future of fashion, question mark, meaning does it really exist? So, for instance... What what, what do you mean, does it? Well, when you look at a futuristic movie or a science fiction film that some designer or costume designer spent Boku time designing it always inevitably ends up looking like the time we're living in. So um, can you really design the future? So for instance... Well, that's interesting because I remember old Star Treks. Back then it looked cool because I think it was sort of on the edge of the contemporary design. But you look back on it, they're dressed like the 60s all the way. That is the 60s. That, it is so... <laughs> a Lieutenant Uhura has got the boots, the tight whatever... The hot pants, it's the 60s. It's the 60s. And it's funny because Star Trek is really, I think, one of the best examples because it really was designing the future, not just in fashion or costume, but in the society and how we expected to live in the future. Right. But if you really look at it, Uhura, Lieutenant Uhura, she was a receptionist. 
<laughs> she sat there answering the phones, you know what Answering I mean? the intergalactic exactly. phone. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, the future doesn't really exist. And if you look at Star Trek, you see the short skirts, mini skirts, which were big in the day, boots, which were go-go boots. Which they were, were go-go the boots. Go-go they, they, boots. Were, they were disco cage bo- go-go boots. Absolutely. The, uh, the wigs, the, the bouffant hairdos, the blue eyeshadow with the Egyptian eyeliner, all of that is very 60s. But it was also, like you said, on the edge of fashion. So it still got to look cool in its day. It got yeah. to look cool. And that's why yeah. we look back at it now like, God, oh, that's fierce. You know, yeah. a fashion person would say, that's fierce. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah, that's he great. And He's what I great. really like is that he completely nerded out with you the minute he said, <laughs> did you notice that the minute he said, does fashion really exist in the future? You could hear you have like a little science orgasm. You're like, does it? What does that mean? That's so exciting, ex- Existential on me there. <laughs> you just got so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. So I have I have favorite sci-fi outfits of, that have been worn in movies. I, do you remember the do movie you? Barbarella? Do you remember that? Oh, you and every other guy. And you're, if you say well, Princess I'm... Leia and Barbarella, I'm going <laughs> to hit you in the head. Bar- I saw Barbarella at like a time in my life where I shouldn't have seen Barbarella. It was like a, a kind of a, uh, a a physiologically sensitive time. <laughs> You weren't sleeping through the night? Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> and then fast forward, I couldn't stop paying attention to what uh, Carrie Ann Moss was wearing in The Matrix. That was just awesome. Oh, my. You How and every you other guy. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a guy. What do you want from but, me? No, wait. Okay, how about going, you? What, going back what? to what James said, well, you want to know what I like uh, being a woman, what pops in my head. Of course, as a girl, I love Princess Leia, and I loved all the Star Trek. But again, okay. he was right. James is right. The Star Trek stuff, because it was 60s. That was just cute. It looked like Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. But... um. I really love Sigourney Weaver's outfit in Aliens. That she was just a butt kicking outfit. Is that what that in a was? Butt, and it was like I liked it because it was very androgynous. I always looked like she could move in it. It was like the the first one was kind of a jumpsuity looking thing. Uh-huh, and then, uh-huh. um, I liked that a lot. Yeah. So, but so you, so what you're saying is you want to be a, a superhero, is like she was. Is that right? I want a utility belt, <laughs> but who doesn't? <laughs> well, we went back to James Aguilar, who's our. Uh, our inter- uh, he's, he's, he's our guest this week. He called her Hora reception. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was awesome. Well, uh, we went to find out what he just thinks about science clo- uh, uh, sci-fi clothes and wh- whether they have <laughs> utility. Say, science clothes, really? Because I've seen some science clothes over at, at Hayden Planetarium, and they're pretty much pop- pocket protectors and uh, ugly shirts. Let's see what he has to say about the clothes of the future. When they're not wearing clothing of our time, they tend to wear these sort of silver costumes, and they all seem to have these broad shoulders. That seems to be a recurring theme. Well, I what, think, what's up with that? I, <laughs> I, no, I'm not blaming you for it. I'm just saying, what's up with that? Uh, Look, if the asteroid came, you'd blame me for that, right? That's true. Even that though I had true. nothing to do with it. Maybe you did. I mean, that's the thing with you scientists. You never know. Uh, what, I, I, what we're cooking up in the lab. Exactly. All right. I think the thing with the silver and broad shoulders, it's designers working with technical fabrics of the day. So whatever seems futuristic, meaning like I would never wear this on a day-to-day basis, but in the future it might ward off laser beams or, <laughs> or aliens throwing rocks at us yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know moon you know climate change or climate control on different okay. planets. So they have a utility of the moment exactly. that serves that need. <laughs> I love him aliens throwing rocks at us. <laughs> Those are some not scary aliens. 
throwing space rocks. He went from laser beams to rocks there. I, I think he, he, they might ward off laser beams or aliens throwing rocks. <laughs> the aliens don't have laser beams. Um, I like that though. You know, I have a I have a pet peeve, and I have I'm a friend sorry. who has a pet peeve about people fashion people wearing fashions that came from certain things and then not utilizing them for those purposes, like, like, like cargo pants. I have cargo pants. But do you use the pocket? Totally. I'm, I, f- I look like... I do, too. I, I, got, I got all... I got, it's, it's what I use because I don't carry a pocketbook. That's why I use They're it. pretty awesome. But, but, Wait, you're telling me you have a pocketbook and you fill up all the pockets in your cargo pants, so you need two pocketbooks. No, I wear the cargo pants when I walk the dog and I put all my, like, gotcha. my poop bags on Gotcha. See, in. what I did... Back, I don't, I'm old enough to remember this. I don't know. I, yeah. when I wore... In New York City, <laughs> New York City, I wore what was farmer pants. The the the, overall? the overalls. I wore overalls. Yeah, with the hammer slot. Did and you everything. wear a shirt on the bill? My hope. Were you wearing them like <laughs> Studio Fifty Four with one d- undone on one side? Oh, no, you know? no, 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 no. It was yeah. It was just. I guess it was fashion influencing what Did I you thought. You ever wear parachute good. pants? Because that's kind of a science. Thing. I will. I will not admit to that. Because parachute, I mean, those came, the reason those were being used, am I correct? We were talking about it is yeah. because the parachute d- didn't rip I, I own three pairs of parachute pants. <laughs> I, I must confess. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. I, I had I, a gray, I had a black, and I had another one that was kind of an off red. And yeah, I had, so the, I had pink. But, Okay, so they what? So they were good. Maybe they became clothing because you could break dance in them without tearing up your clothes, spinning on the sidewalk. Right, but I didn't use them for break dancing. That's my whole thing about fashion. Is of, of course that's why they they came about. But then I was just wearing them to school. To school. I went to performing arts school. We okay, all right. Dorky. I just wore them to clubs, but I couldn't wear them to my astrophysics classes. That wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I just love that well, your whole wardrobe. You've got overalls and parachutes. Yes, but guess who we have back on Star Talk? We have our favorite Bill Nye. Oh, that's right. Yes, Bill Nye. He's uh, I don't know how much he's into fashion, but he's into spacesuits. Let's see what he tells us about Science that. Science fashion. Hey, hey, Bill Nye here. Whenever Star Talk listeners find themselves in space, they want to look good and feel good. That's why you wear your spacesuit. It's high fashion and it keeps you from dying. In space, not only is there no air, there's no anything, which includes nothing to provide pressure against your body, the pressure your body is accustomed to. So spacesuit makers set you up with your own atmosphere. Your suit is its own spaceship. But the suits sewn so far are bulky, massive, and clumsy. A spacesuit is a whole bunch of suits worn one inside the other. See, I wore a spacesuit for a while on TV. There's an absorption layer, a zigzag tube ventilation garment, a fan, and a nose scratcher. My suit had all manner of joints and hoses, and it took quite a while to don. But soon we'll have biosuits with form-fitting fibers that hold you together without the bulk. You'll be the hit of every party from here to the moon. And of course, as we tell every traveler, don't forget your hat. I mean, your helmet. I gotta fly, Bill Nye, the Science Guy. <laughs> okay, That's I love him, Bill. He's a friend of Star Talk Radio, and he always comes through for us. Yeah. I didn't know he put on a spacesuit one time. He wore it on his on the TV show I, all the time, and I didn't know that like it had, it had a nose scratcher in it. That's creepy, actually. I think he was hilarious when he just said, "You have to wear spacesuits or you'll die." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not scary at all, Bill Nye. <laughs> or you'll die. Hi, kids. <laughs> You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist. We've got to take a quick break, but more Star Talk when we return. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all 
up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship, from a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and Panama. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com us switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Welcome back to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Joining today is my co-host, Lynn Coplitz. Lynn, we've been talking about space fashion. And uh, fa- the way technology has influenced fashion and the way fashion has influenced uh, sci-fi visions of the future. It absolutely has. I mean, Bill Nye said something right that stuck out to me in the last little Bill Nye minute, which was how um, space and space fashion, you know, the spacesuits are going to be holding us together with thinner, lighter weight material. And Neil, that's already happening in fashion with Spanx. Spanx. Do you know what those are? No. That's Hollywood's big secret. That is, is creating the, <laughs> keeps up the illusion I, I, of what I, we call women. <laughs> and it, it's the most beautiful thing. It, I call it behind the scenes at the electric light parade. If you look under a lot of women's clothing, we're wearing now these these space age girdles. This basically. is body sculpting. You're saying yes, they're, but they're basically space age girdle. Girdles used to be like these hideous things, like sausage casing, and now they're made of thinner materials. And but they're still sausage casing. They're <laughs> just higher <laughs> tech right. versions of it. <laughs> but just a nicer, more comfortable, but aerodynamic it, it, version. It's interesting that materials 
that technology drove to enable people to do a lot of outdoor things, to stay warm in the cold. Like waterproofing Waterproof, things, that's all. Vortex. All of that. All of that. Uh, it's become just mainstream clothing. So the intersection of fashion and technology, is, I, I think that distinction is not even there anymore. Can you even imagine not having Gore-Tex? I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that it's – It's a fundamental part of everyday life, you know. And uh, among cool items that people might wear, I think of superheroes, what they might be wearing. You know, look at what <laughs> Spider-Man wears or Superman. Superman used to, you know, he used to get get uh, wrinkles in his pantyhose, and now he doesn't in the old TV I series. I think they were tights. <laughs> tights. <laughs> I don't think a superhero wore pantyhose. Okay. I think well, that's what he would tell you. Let's, uh, let's go back to my interview with James <laughs> Aguiar. He's the fashion stylist, and see what he says about superhero costumes. You'd wear tights. The Met a few years ago did an exhibit on superheroes. I remember that. I, I attended that. That's right. correct. Which I thought was a very thin idea for a show. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the technology that those costumes had, that's kind of what we're talking about. Where does technology come into this? It's, it's beyond. It's more than just the cotton and your sewing machine, apparently. What kind of envelopes can you stretch here? Well, I always look to what sports figures do and specifically what they do for the Olympics. That's the time when a lot of innovative technical fabrics are introduced for athletes like the swimmers had the shark skin exactly i don't even know what that was i, I know but i, I kind of wanted to try it but that's how it trickles down then to film and for instance the costume designers for spider-man say you know what that looked really great speed skaters so let's yeah. let's appropriate that for the costume <laughs> so you know just so so people understand and for so much of sports, you're moving through the air. This is not the Olympics on the moon. You're right. moving through air or you're moving through water. So what you want to do is reduce what we call the viscous drag on your body. And you want water to be what we call flow over you in a laminar way. Right. Laminar means it's does, it doesn't kick up little turbulent uh, uh, curly cues. You right. ever see these wind tunnel tests where they put a car in a wind tunnel sure. and it goes smoothly over the front and in the back it can curl up? Yeah. If it curls up, it creates like a vacuum behind you and it slows you down. So you want to minimize that completely. So a lot of this – so I, I don't know if you knew this, but Speedo approached NASA to get them to develop a superior swimsuit because you want to know how to design a surface that can move through a fluid. It could be air or water. Fluid is something that takes the shape of its container. That makes sense. But then also, what about um, the sneakers? Like for pro basketball, I mean, I know those guys spend a lot of money to have sneakers that they can jump higher in and move better yeah, in. Yeah, right? I think in the end... That would come from space. It right? helps when you're a good basketball player. <laughs> but, but am I wrong? I, it... I don't know how much space technology went into basketball shoes, but I know a whole lot of technology has gone into basketball shoes. And sneakers. And, and I used to believe, I mean, I remember seeing ads for PF Flyers, and they had the action wedge on the inside, but we could never <laughs> afford them. And I, would, I was wearing kids, and it was like... But Your I, mother's like, just draw a little wedge <laughs> on the side, you're fine. But I could still run faster than all the rest of them, so I knew that was Aww. a lot. Aw, you yeah. had welfare flowers. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how that was. <laughs> so anyhow, so the, the frontier of research, we have really smart people solving interesting problems, has affected uh, fashion in ways, especially the Olympics, where Michael Phelps... our viscose drag. Vis viscous. Uh, Michael Phelps wore just one of, wore one, of those, one of those outfits for the Olympics. Did he have clothes on? I didn't notice. <laughs> okay, distracted by it. I like to picture him nude. Uh, there's some claim recently that there's clothing that is self-heating, and I ha I'm, I'm skeptical about that. And that was brought up by James Aguilar. Let's let, let's see what he says about it. And I think I got on his case about. I'm premenopause. I do not need that. <laughs> All right, let's check him out. 
there's a store called Uniqlo that has designed heat-sensitive... Oh, no, wait, excuse me. I saw their ad in the subway. You're skeptical, right? Self-heating clothing? Now, I do physics, and someone says the clothing is self-heating. I ask, what is the energy source? Is there a battery? Is there a coffee warmer? Like, what is it? And then I read the fine print, and all it does is trap your own body heat. That's what any clothing does. That's why we put on our clothes in the morning. So maybe it does it better than other clothes. Fine. Say that. Don't say that you somehow revolutionized clothes because it keeps your body heat in. Excuse me? Are you done? <laughs> no, no, no. Let me keep going. And so I was pissed off. There in the subway, I had nobody to complain to, nobody to punch. Because it's abuse of the laws of physics. Okay. It's, and, and I'm the physics police. All right, physics police. No, no, first of all, now I'm done. First of all, it's not. What it does is it redefines technology and how we decide to layer our clothes for warmth. So instead of, well, you could put cotton on, but we know cotton breeze. We know linen breeze. Silk is actually a really good fabric for warming the body. Insulator, that's right. It's a right. great insulator. And this is what this is. This is technological fabrics that say, you know what, now I'm not going to wear that quilted thermal T-shirt. I'm going to get this because it's super thin. It's going to not make my appearance bulky or I'm going to be able to And then I can this. go out in the cold dressed in, in many nothing. more ways than I could have before. <laughs> exactly. I believe it if they said it just simply keeps you more warm than other clothes in a thinner way. Because when we all grew up, they said, oh, you need 14 layers and thick coats and that's how you stay warm. I'm glad that's all been transformed. We all look like the Michelin man running up and down the block. Yes, and when I was growing up, my mother would put Wonder Bread bags on my feet inside my boots to keep my socks warm. Wow. So we've come a long way. You know, I, no, no, no. Actually, no. The Wonder Bread bags was so that your feet can slide in easily through the rubber galoshes. That's why. Because I had Wonder Bread bags too, and that's why. Unless your parents gave you a different excuse for why they did it. It would not, I swear to you, it's not to keep your feet warm. It wasn't to keep it warm. It was to keep them dry. Dry, okay. That too. So that... when you've got the rain or the snow, it was a, an insulator. Did this scar you so badly? You had, you had a, this Wonder Bread moment on your feet, and you swore this would never happen again, so you became a fashion designer? No. What it did made me realize how often and how much technology and materials affect our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. And this, this is kind of what your point of the show is, I think, is how do all of these elements affect science? And if you're not looking around, if you're not, as a designer especially, if you're not looking at materials and technology and blending the two, you're really not pushing anything forward. So whether or not you're explicitly thinking science you're freely recognizing that added science literacy in your profession can definitely aid your designs and where you head and, and what you're doing. It's everything that makes a person well-rounded and interesting and interested. <laughs> I love him. James I love Aguiar. that he just dissed you. He's like, no. <laughs> you were trying to be funny about the, the Wonder Bags, and he's like, uh, no. What it made me think was what your show's about, I believe. Um, you know what I thought was really interesting what? about that, Neil? What? I living in New York City, you know how I live in a pre-war building, so it gets very hot in my apartment. But which war are you? You know what I mean. <laughs> Be specific. My point is, is that it gets wait, very. Wait, 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 go out to the world. I don't know. Just stop it. I just want to get to this point. We're going to run out of time, and I want to talk. Go. Say this. That so I turn. I open the windows, mm -hmm. and because that's how you have to live in New York. You've yeah. got the the heat from the building. It's the old buildings, and then you open the windows, so it sometimes gets freezing in the middle of the night. So I've really experimented with how to layer my blankets 
And the strangest thing, and that's when he just said that, I thought, oh my gosh, that is, I have experienced this, is that I, I always thought by putting the warm, like the fleece against my body, it would be warmer. But now I've found that when I put the sheet first and the fleece between the down and the sheet, that's the warmest combination. So you could write up this scientific experiment. This it was kind of interesting. Science in Lynn's bed. This is this is good. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> it is a bit of a petri dish. Uh, there's a bit of thermodynamics here. How much thermodynamics do you remember, Lynn? Do you? Um. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me pull out my thermodynamic <laughs> book. <laughs> no, it's good because you can get energy or You're take mean energy. To me today. No, I'm not. Depending on your your on what kind of chemical. There's chemical energy that can be taken away from something or given to. So cold packs at, but at I'm talking sporting about events. trapping the heat in your body. Well, in your body. We so that's one about. way to stay warm. Another way is to make yourself warm from sources of heat. And it's just a matter of what kind of chemical like combination. There's little of, hot packs. There's that hot you can packs. Get. You can rub them and they release the chemical reactions. Turn the pack hot. That's an exothermic reaction. And then there's others. You can do the same kind of crumbling of the crystals and it makes it cold. And you have a cold. That's an endothermic reaction. And it's amazing how that has grown because when I was a kid, my grandparents would say, you've got to put a hot. When they were kids, they had a hot potato they put in their pocket. To keep warm, and then they would eat it what, for lunch. Is it, was this Ireland and what, like? What, no, where it, was, was, it was the depression. They would the, well, the depression. Yes, to of stay course. warm, you had to have a, a potato in your pocket, and, and, and then you know, eat it for your lunch. T- potatoes stay hot for a long time. Now kids should be lucky; they, they get the endothermic thingamagogi. They just get chemistry to do it instead and you don't of have food. To eat it. <laughs> That's right. Or you hope they weren't. That's right. <laughs> is that dangerous though? Is that a pollutant? Those things? I, I don't know. Some chemicals are, but uh, most are much less polluting than people believe they are simply because they're called chemicals and people think all chemicals are bad. I'm just thinking maybe we should go back to the hot potato. Okay, work on it. You're listening to Star Talk. We've got to take a break, but more on the science and technology of fashion when we come back. You're listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'm here with my co-host, Lynn Coplitz. Uh, <laughs> we've been interviewing this hour James Aguiar, who's a fashion designer to the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, he's a fashion stylist, and he makes you look good when you need to look good. And so he's been giving us insight into what goes on in the head of a fashion designer. And there are other things that go on in the relationship between technology and fashion. For example, people today, you don't even think about it anymore, but we have wrinkle-free fabrics and stain-resistant fabrics and fire-resistant fabrics and waterproof fabrics, and we just buy them and just accept that that's what they are. And I don't know that there's enough appreciation going on to the fusion of science and technology, of, of science and fashion as that If unfolds. you were around back when people were blowing up, remember those shirts that were from India and they were they were literally getting lit on fire? <laughs> and people were I like, don't remember that. If you went near an open flame, you were going up in flames. It was like back in the 80s and they were, it was a nightmare. And now, you know, and then you appreciate it when you remember back to that stuff. Yeah, and so there are lot, there's several ways to do it. I think in the old days you would dip the clothing in these in sort of surfacants that would uh, give it these properties. Nowadays, they're, I, I, I've been reading that they've, they can actually grow, um, they can treat, treat the wool fibers themselves, the, 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 the woven fibers themselves, and then whatever you make out of it would then have, that, have those properties. Although one... I and just, there's all that wrinkle-free, like the spray stuff now where you can do your own spray, dry cleaning, your spray Yeah, but isn't that just steam? Is that just, that's not, because formaldehyde will make clothes wrinkle-free forever. 
I don't know if you knew that formaldehyde. That's st- I didn't know that. Th- that's the stuff that keeps brains fresh in a jar. I know what formaldehyde is. <laughs> okay. Hell. Just in case. I don't know if you have formaldehyde. I keep all my ex-boyfriend's toes <laughs> in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there's another one. I just read this story. The London College of Design professor Helen Story mm-hmm. created a magically disappearing dress made from polymers, and what it's water soluble polymers. And there's like a video. Soap? There's a water water soluble. So she made like a soap dress. A soap dress, essentially. <laughs> And so the emperor <laughs> did have clothes on. They were just made out of soap. <laughs> well, it, here's what happened. So if you go into the water, then the clothes just dissolve off of you. And there's a video awesome. of a supermodel wearing this new dissolvable clothing, <laughs> dipping into a pool of water. And the, the dress does. We have a video of this on Star Talk Radio's Facebook page. Did so, she know it would dissolve? <laughs> oh, was she not told this in advance? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just give, give a bunch of women these soap dresses and then push them into puddles. <laughs> so you can find out on our Facebook page, we have the link directly to this disappearing dress act. Oh, I have to see that. My question is why? 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 Is it you're too lazy to take your clothes off before you go in the shower? Is that what? what I, I, my guess is because they can. Well, I this mean, that would be the why. I'm, fashion I'm designers guessing. gone bad, I think is what I'm that sure is. I'm sure Lady Gaga has one of those dresses, <laughs> don't you think? Wouldn't that be great? You could squirt her with water guns on the red carpet. Oh, that would be great. The selective uh, anatomical parts. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Radio. Otherwise, just do their marvelous, uh, execute their marvelous search functions, and you'll land right where you need to be. Didn't the, the London Museum of Design, didn't they also make, they made a dress made out of like LED lights? And, it was total Lady Gaga. Yeah, stuff. I think it's, uh, you know, why not if you're going to go there just to see, just to test the waters. But I'm more intrigued by this next frontier of what they're doing <gasps> with too. fashion. And they're, they're now working on materials that have all sorts of sort of sensory applications, for example. This is so interesting. So they're making infant bed linens that smell like mother's milk. So they're made out of aromatic fabric. Yes, yes. Okay. And you choose the aroma that you want. And so with, wait, tell me about the infant bed linens. Well, so you you wrap them in this, and they think they're 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 smothered in mother's milk. And there's some pleasure to that, I presume. Okay, I know grown men who would want to sleep on this. <laughs> right. and it, but it can, it can calm down anxious children. I mean, previously, what we did with my kids is you, you know, simulate a heartbeat, you know. But now, this seems like much more uh, sort of a passive yet nonetheless effective plan. But now, tell, plan. tell people listening the other things that these aromatic fabrics smell okay, like. Okay, so another it's one. It's really cold. Okay, so suppose you, have a, suppose you have a cold. You can use sort of eucalyptus-treated uh, pillowcases, and then you and can. And I've always sprayed my pillowcases with eucalyptus. Is that right? Or lavender, because both of those things are nice to sleep on. So your bed is a Petri dish. <laughs> this is what you're I doing. clean the sheets, you... <laughs> Uh, here's one. So, so Pluto we've got... is a planet. Okay, go on. So also in the fashion science lab, there are clothes that contain pheromones that enhance sexual arousal oh, and attraction. great. That's what we need, what Viagra you... sheets. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have to be sheets. In that case, it's just clothing. You just put it on your shoulder or the part oh of you that's closest. Gosh. What? Don't complain to me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just reporting just the news. That's a bad idea. I'm reporting the news. Men are horny enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Can you imagine being on the on the subway, knowing that those clothes are out there? You have to watch. You've got some homeless you... guy rubbing up on you. <laughs> I like your jacket. <laughs> it smells good. <laughs> There's that scene in Trading Places. I don't know if you remember it, where Penelope sat down on the couch uh, on the chair in the in the in the 
police station, and this really creepy, like, homeless guy <laughs> just leaned over and said, do you smell good? <laughs> Which, oh, so she gross. sprays him on it. So, anyway, so this is a fascinating. And what, what's obviously next is if you need medical uh, doses of various things, you can have clothing that has medicine built into it, and it gives you the right dose at the right time. Oh, I don't trust that at all. W- why? What if it gives you too many doses? <laughs> I think she she overdosed on her cardigan. (laughs) And there's one more. There's one where you can use clothing that actually does its own smelling to keep track of what uh, if there's something in the air. What What does that mean? Well, so for example, let's say suppose you can imagine clothing that was sensitive to carbon monoxide, and then the clothing sort of reacts when you walk into the presence of these chemicals. That's kind of interesting. I mean, why That's not? That's awesome. I love it. If and, you could program your clothes and to there's, there's, sniff out douchebags <laughs> or guys that you don't like there's, and uh, there's talk that crime they're, scenes. They're gonna, in the crime scene. That's right. You, if, the, if the criminal has a particular smell, the clothing can retain a record of that smell, and it's a much more chemically complex and oh, uniquely findable this fingerprint is a bad idea. than fingerprints themselves. No, but then you're going to have people like bathing in you know, deer pee to hide their smell. <laughs> Let's go back to James Aguilar to see what he says about the fashion changing, because everything changes. Let's see what he tells us about that. Fashion is always about changing. It is always about deciding what people want in the future. Fashion designers design two and three seasons ahead. They're always thinking this way. They're always thinking this way. It's the masses and all of us who sort of catch up with it two years later, three years later, four years later. I got to ask, mm -hmm. why does fashion exist at all? I don't mean to be so blunt. Mm -hmm. I'm just, why do you make me buy something different three months from now? I'll tell you. I'm perfectly happy. The clothes fit. They work. I'm fine. Now, you got to come and say, i got to buy something different. I don't. But your daughter might, or your wife, or your girlfriend. She may say, you know what? I am tired of you wearing those jeans. And look at President Obama when he was wearing those dad jeans. He got ridiculed not only in the fashion press, but the press. Fashion exists so we can we can change. So that you can ridicule. So, <laughs> so that we can So you can have a, wor- a worse dress list. That's... And the best dress list. Okay. And we can true. reassess how we feel about ourselves. <laughs> That's James Ocular. <laughs> you know, so fashion, it changes all the time. And it does, but I don't think I agree with everything he's saying. Because my friend and I were saying this too. Like, it, it doesn't always. It changes. It e- it definitely evolves, but lots of times it's it's making a play on the old, like just retweaking. Retweaking. So you got to go out and buy something new. But it turns out, interestingly, and even Darwin noticed this in the Descent of Man. Oh, Darwin. <laughs> we can go back to Darwin. Not Darwin. Darwin. Yeah, he noticed that. Many animals in the animal kingdom, humans included, have some sense of what beauty is. Look at peacocks They're, and birds in general. The plumage, particularly of the male versions of the birds, are because they're the ones with all the, the fabulous <laughs> featherage. All the pomp and circumstance. <laughs> in the bird kingdom, yes. So, so what's The female peacock has got a little brown tail feathers <laughs> dragging in the dirt while he's out there. Look what I got. <laughs> But it's kind of I, clearly they don't not that we know of have fashion designers of their own, but clearly but they're into looking good, and I'm intrigued by. And they that. attract each other with that. They attract each other. They attract usually That's a the, mate. The interesting thing is they actually attract each other with the. They fashion. attract something that they can make more peacocks out of. Right. So, 
<laughs> but I'm saying that definitely you can definitely see that in the animal kingdom. Then you see that definitely on the red carpet because look at Jennifer uh, Lopez in her little Lopez. There was there was Versace and thing. That's to attract a mate. It's not only plumage, but in song and in how they decorate their nests. Jennifer Lopez and, and this is Jennifer what Lopez. and and you know the the hot cribs on MTV. You know right. this is we do all the same thing that the birds do. Maybe this is this is a <laughs> this is a deep insight. You know what's <laughs> interesting about that? I have a friend who's a uh, stylist who told me one time that you can wear any color green, any shade of green matches each other because of nature. That we're so used to seeing all shades of green. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's true. You can wear hunter green and light green, and mm-hmm. and all shades of green actually match each other. And that, I think that's really neat. I'll keep that in mind next time I'm going to a scientific. Yeah. And I have an interior <laughs> design friend who actually told me that he uses fruit. To help him with color combinations sometimes. Let me, quote, you... let me quote Darwin because he's right here with us. It, it, he <laughs> says uh, that uh, on, our, on the subject of imagination and the love of imitation, okay, yeah. it, it could not have failed to have led to the most capricious changes in customs and fashions. Well, so, you can use fruit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the woman's name who did that? What? It was a friend of mine back in Nashville. I don't even remember his name. You, you from Nashville? You're not from Nashville. Yeah, I lived in Nashville. You lived in Nashville. Not I didn't from know there. Okay. You're listening to Star Talk. We'll be back after this quick break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential. And through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We're back on Star Talk. I'm with my co-host, Lynn Coplitz. 
Lynn, I have a surprise for you. This whole show's been about fashion. Yes. I have I have something from our last season. I just had to put right in here and now. Here she goes. What is it? I don't like the outfits. So I wouldn't live in outer space. So it's all about the clothes. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree, but I like the idea of zero gravity, Jim, because um without zero gravity, gravity is what pulls everything down. So it does give us that, that more uplift. That's the only reason I would even consider going in space is the idea of I don't have that drag yes. down. So, so, Joan, you don't need any more uplift, apparently. No, is that no, 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 no. The point is, yeah, so you, you would have things up. You just have to wear those stupid spacesuits. Oh, good point. They look like gay exterminators. I don't like the spacesuits. Good point. So, I, so even even if you're floating, no one knows because you're wearing a spacesuit. Yes, suit. you're in a stupid spacesuit. They don't know. You can't get your toes down those big boots that are, the gravity boots. It is so not for me. So, so you want open-toed gravity boots? I would like if I was good. I will wait to go on the moon until they figure out a way you can look nice. <laughs> I don't like the outfits. That's your I love girl. my girl tone. I don't like the outfits. That's your girl. Oh, the two of us. You know, we're both not shallow women, but when you listen to us together, Joan says I like the outfits, and I'm like, I'd only go in space because there's zero gravity. What an idiot I am. <laughs> yeah, that's my girl. I love her. Well, so we've got another last clip of James Aguilar, who he's our guy. He's our fashion stylist. And he's funny he, too. he works on all the people who are on the red carpet. He actually, he told me if I ever won an Academy Award one day, that he would like <laughs> fix me up for that. This is like so not going to happen. But... And if I ever win a Nobel Peace Prize, he's going to fix me up. <laughs> okay. What a generous guy. Uh, he talks about NASA-inspired fashion. Let's see what he has to say. The other day I was going through my bag of stuff and I found an old G.I. Joe costume when G.I. Joe had hair and... Is he now bald? I, n- I didn't know this. Well, I think he's plastic now. I mean, this oh, is... when he had actually fiber yeah, like hair. Fuzzy, fuzzy yeah, fiber hair, hair. Um, <laughs> and it was a NASA space travel uniform. And... As, as they have for Barbie, too. There was Gemini Barbie. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, first of all, it was a well-made costume, but it was metallic silver. And I think that that's what you always see in the future. And then I always think... Did Helmut Lang in the 90s have this costume on his inspiration wall because he did a whole line of NASA-inspired fashion and specifically silver and mylar and technological fabrics? So I always sort of – my application is always fashion. Yours, obviously, is is the world of science. But I always see what's the starting point and how does it affect fashion. That's interesting. And the more creative the fashion designer, the more elements – they can draw from pop culture, from society. Because otherwise, dare I speak out of my zone, if your inspirations are not drawn from real things, they might fall on fallow ground right. in, the, in the interest of the buyer. Whereas if I have 12 buttons and you're hitting these buttons and I don't even know it, I'm going to say, boy, that's an awesome-looking outfit. Meanwhile, I had a piece of that came to me from various famous events or various famous costumes that we all know and love. Well, I think the myth about fashion is it's all fluff, and it's just like, oh, you look fabulous, and blah, blah, blah. When you really sit down with a Karl Lagerfeld or John Galliano, their breadth of history and what they know is so far removed from fashion. It's tribes in some, you know, some indigenous mm. tribes. It's history. It's art, it's science, it's technology. It's really all little coming, to do with fashion. All coming together to inspire every next thought that comes out of their mind. To make you buy. <laughs> buy as in B-U-I. Exactly. That's okay. Yeah, not, not B-I. <laughs>
<laughs> to make you buy. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if I trust a grown man who has a G.I. Joe doll in his bag of things. <laughs> um, no, I do trust him. Listen, what he was just saying about the Mylar, Mylar he's right because um, my friend who's here today who's hanging out, she was telling me how Terry Mugler and Claude Montana, who were big designers in the 80s, how everything they had designed, like everything Donna Mills wore in Knox Landing. Remember that? Yeah. Back yeah. to the cul-de-sac? Yeah. Everything she wore looked like Judy Jetson. It all was oh. like the big, the big, lap, and the big lapels yeah, the, and the, the big shoulders. shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. And then remember those belts we wore back then that had the the bead. They were all very. I like, remember um, that. Mm-hmm. You know the weird. Uh, what do you call it? Utility. Space belt was working. It's working. It's magic. Little waist. We, big. All we wanted to look like. That was it. You know. You know we have tweets that come in. Can oh, I? I have yes. one. We've been tweeted. Yes, we have. And so here's one. It's a tweet. What is a tweet? <laughs> it's. <laughs> Uh, I, I get this name straight. J.F. Doolster tweeted to Star Talk Radio, do the shape-up shoes by Skechers do anything for your body? Now, I don't, <laughs> I don't know for sure. I was going to buy them, but I said, these look weird, you know? Those are those little ones that look like they rock a They look bit. like they're, they're rocking chairs on the bottom of your sneakers. And it turns out, now I didn't do this study, but it turns out just a few months ago, the American Council on Exercise, I didn't even know such a council existed, and listed a team There's a of, council on everything, by the way. <laughs> they listed a team of exercise scientists to test the effectiveness of these toning freaks. shoes. And they found that none of them showed statistically significant increases in either the exercise response or muscle activation during any of the treadmill trials. Interesting. And, and, they, involved, and it, they tested 12 physically active people. So, they concluded, so the answer is no. no. There is no evidence to support the claims that these shoes help wearers exercise more intensely, burn more calories, or improve muscle strength or tone. <laughs> and quote. But you get to be cool and claim that you're sort of on the frontier. Oh, my God. I love your science answer. There are no... no Okay, your answer, tweeter, is no. They don't help. If you want to spend 40 bucks, knock yourself out, but they don't help. I'm just saying. Put the donut down. We're coming to the close of the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) And in the close of the show, it's it's my turn to sort of give a... This means shut up, Lynn. (laughs) Um, I love you, Neil. Thank you very much. This was fun today. Well, you're going to listen to my close? Yes. No, I've got to pee. (laughs) No, I'll listen, of course. No, I I try to close each show with a cosmically inspired tweet, if I might. But informed by the show that we just did. Yes. So what I'm thinking this time, when I, as I opened the show in my conversation with James Aguiar, it was fashion and astrophysics. Where do they intersect at all? Do they? Should they? And I realized, my, me and my colleagues, we don't like to admit it, but yes, we wear clothes that have been designed and influenced by somebody out there. And maybe there are some fashion folks that said, oh, science, I don't know. But at the end of the day, without <laughs> physics, there'd be no fashion channel. There'd be no TV. But without fashion, physicists might just be naked. You've been listening to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. As always, I bid you to keep looking up. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and more. 
An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lift or Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.